Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And we have a pretty wild set of things to talk about today. One of them being an electric car that's doing its best to imitate a gas car in so many ways that I find hilarious. And we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that. But also the Apple event has a bunch of rumors. It's coming up. We don't know when it's happening exactly, but we do have a lot of uh, predictions. So we'll get to those. And we'll also wrap it up with potentially our new favorite folding phone form factor. That's a tongue twister. It's also an alliteration. Look it up, kids. All right. First, we're going to start, though, with... That was a banger intro. Yeah. Just saying. Appreciate good, that. Good job. I felt I pretty like good that. about that. Uh, but we want to talk Twitch first. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alliterations <laughs> are fun. Uh, but what, yeah. you have this Twitch thing on the dock, so what is what is this? It's a, it's a quick update from the last... Do you remember the last time we talked about Twitch, how a lot of their stuff with partners was changing? Um, mostly revenue split. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so one update we got was the thing I was most interested about, which was Twitch partners being allowed to stream on different platforms. And Mm -hmm. so we got the update on that, and it's a little different than what we thought, and it's not quite what the headlines seem to make it think, but I I think it's kind of interesting, so I'll just explain it to you really quickly. Um, So when we mentioned it previously, I mentioned how it could be cool if you are streaming on Twitch and to potentially grow extra audience, you would multi-stream. There's a few programs that let you stream over multiple websites at once because it's essentially just like sending out a stream key and those websites are pulling that in. Yeah. Um, so you could potentially stream on Twitch and say YouTube or Facebook, something like that, have three streams going at once and audiences from everywhere. Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Makes sense. Um, so you are not allowed to simultaneously stream on other web-based platforms like YouTube and Facebook. Um, so uh, that eliminates multi-streaming. You are, however, allowed to stop your Twitch stream and then go stream on YouTube or Facebook. Of course. Which I'll talk about that in a minute. One thing you are allowed to do is that you can simulcast on mobile-based social medias like TikTok and Instagram. Oh, I thought I thought you were going somewhere else with it when you said it can't be web-based. Yes. I was thinking it can only be TV or maybe oh. literally radio or something else like that. I, I thought TikTok was web-based, but I, mean, I, I can see, okay, so, so TikTok... Uh, Instagram Live, yeah, those I, types I, of things are allowed. You thought radio? I would well, love. I mean, I would love to listen to Shroud on AM radio. It's but definitely it, not web based. That's what I was here, going right? with. That. Okay. Okay. So you can um, do yeah, TikTok and IG Live. Yes. So okay. I actually I do think this is actually a really cool idea. Um, I have been seeing one thing I've noticed on TikTok is I get a lot of random kind of streamers who I've seen grow to like partner level streams solely from like TikTok discovery because we've talked about how great of a tool TikTok is in terms yeah. of discovery and I've seen people what they essentially do is they'll have a TikTok channel that's kind of all about like their setup and how they stream and what hours they stream and how they do this and maybe some tips for new streamers mm-hmm. and it does really well and the way that they'll get people to go to their actual live stream is they hold up their phone do a TikTok live pointing to just them but not pointing to their stream and people can see that they're playing, and then they'll go to a link to the stream. Uh, I do get those live TikToks once in a mm-hmm. while when I'm scrolling through. It'll it'll arrive at a live stream. Yeah, I almost always just skip because I, if nothing is happening at that very moment, exactly. I'm just moving on to the next thing. Exactly. But 
theoretically a non-zero number of people will go, what's happening here? I kind of want to know what this person's doing or what game they're playing or something. Exactly. Um, okay. And it's also really interesting because some people are really good at it. Some people are really good at interacting with that. But I've seen a couple of Valorant streamers who are just like dialed in and you'll just see them doing nothing like super close to their microphone and their phone's like right in front of their face. And then you just hear them like trash talking their team or something like that. And you wonder, but um, with this now, those people would be able to, despite being a Twitch partner and having a contract with Twitch and getting paid through Twitch, Mm -hmm. they would be able to share that screen through that so they could develop some sort of better way for discovery is the way that I see it. Got it. And that makes sense. I guess the other way around isn't as restrictive. If you're not a Twitch partner Mm -hmm. and you are doing a YouTube live stream anyway, you might as well also do that on Twitch just because you can. So that is the thing that I, um, the reason I don't think this is quite as open as some people are saying, a lot of people are praising Twitch, um, which I do think it is a good step forward, but not quite what everyone's saying. Um, Because if you're a big streamer on Twitch and you would be allowed to multi-stream to YouTube or Facebook. There's no downsides to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you are just getting potential extra audience and not sacrificing your Twitch audience. With what they actually allow, where you have to end your Twitch stream and then go to YouTube, that only feels like, uh, it feels like a big risk to me because at any point you're not streaming on the platform where you're partnered to make the best money. If you're streaming on somewhere else, you could have just been using that time to stream over there. Fair. So yeah. it's not quite as open. It would be awesome. But I also, Twitch is a business. I understand it. I don't like to give them credit for it, but uh, it makes sense. Yeah. It's funny. Twitch is such a, like a, it's live streaming in general is such a different skill. Like, I don't think people understand oh, how yeah. hard it is to live stream and be entertaining and be good at whatever you're doing on the live stream. Yeah. And I can't imagine trying to do that for two different live platform audiences at the same time. Because I find you have to engage with the chat in yes. some way. If you're engaging with the Twitch chat like you normally do, but there's also a separate TikTok chat happening and you want to actually make use of that and paying attention to both, that yeah. seems like, yeah, really hard. So that is the reason that Twitch says they don't want to allow it because it would lead to a suboptimal experience for the chat because you'd have yeah. to have multiple chat logs. But there are some Twitch partners who have older contracts. One of them is Linus, and he is allowed to do stuff like that. So Mm. Linus does actually do that. And not only that, he's including the float plane chat as well. So like, it is possible out there. There is also a lot of when you're at that top, top level of streaming, chat starts to become not far less uh, doable, essentially. Shroud cannot read his chat. You can't read the chat, but Mm -hmm. you got to engage in some way, right? Are, are, yes. there, are there streamers that are just like streaming, playing the game, talking into the abyss, and you never really expect them to read anything you type or interact ever? There, so, so there definitely are streamers that are big enough where they're just like pretty much not interacting with chat anymore. Um, then there are some really big ones who interact with chat, but at a certain point, what you're interacting with is like the hive mind of chat rather than like an individual comment here and there. exactly what you mean. So I don't yeah. think that would actually be um, like sacrificed at all if you, because if you have like a YouTube chat and a Twitch chat, minus taking up screen space, like say you're playing Valorant and you just hit like a nasty shot or have a really good round, the chat's just going to be spamming a bunch of like, that was crazy and like that was so yeah. nice, that was clean and you, you can do, still interact. You do like a like a live real-time sentiment analysis in your in your head as you see like the text and, and emojis and stuff roll through. Now all I can think of is like uh, streamers with the like math appearing that's above a, their head all the time. Yeah. And like re- finding what to react and say to is basically like that. It's, it's crazy. It's hard, yeah. It's a job. Uh, I do want to talk though about this... Dodge Charger mm-hmm. that's coming out. So so first of all, Dodge has announced that they're actually going to stop making uh, combustion engine chargers and challengers, which was, you know, it's a choice. Every, every manufacturer can either decide to keep going with the same name but turn it electric mm-hmm. or like sort of do this rebrand thing. And I actually talk about this in the upcoming Ionic video, which might be live by the time that this video is, which is like every car manufacturer who's doing their first EV has a massive opportunity to rebrand however you want. Yeah. Like there is no preconceived notion about what the Dodge EV is going to be until they decide. Is it going to be a premium thing? Is it going to be just like the gas car? What are they going to do? 
And so this opportunity from Dodge was they're going to make this Dodge Charger Daytona SRT, which is their first yeah. EV. And it's going to be attempting to appeal to the exact person that would have bought the gas version. Yes. And so the way they're doing that is by making it as similar as possible. Visually, it looks just like a normal Charger. I will definitely say that, like, despite not being a muscle car fan, mm -hmm. I like this step. This feels like the F-150 step of, like, using familiarity yep. in terms of changing, yep. not like the Mustang step, which is like, hey, you guys like deep muscle cars. Here's a crossover. The Mustang one is always confusing to me because it's, like, half rebrand, half not rebrand. Yeah. It's like you wanted to use the Mustang name, but to totally different group of people who doesn't really associate with Mustangs at all. Yeah. So that was a weird one. But yeah, like you said, F-150. Uh, this one uh, makes a really loud noise, which obviously isn't a real exhaust noise because it's an electric car, but they really leaned into us. They were like, this is gonna be the EV that you can hear coming. It'll be up to 126 decibels. The whole presentation was about how loud and obnoxious this car is going to be just like the gas car. Fun fact, that decibel level is uh, over the legal noise limit in some cities like New York and L.A. Perfect. Apparently. Perfect. On. That's exactly what we were aiming for. If you somehow made it onto the runway of an airport and you were standing 200 feet away from an airliner taking off, that would register at about 130 decibels. Nice. So this car, and they... they like I said, they pl they played it over and over again. They had it pull out from behind this fog and rev this noise. I don't actually know how you get this noise to happen. Maybe I assume you just match it with the pedal input. But it uh, we'll, we'll give you guys a sound preview of what yeah. we're talking about. It, it doesn't sound like a gas car, but it sounds like a revving motor of some kind. It's not that bad. It's uh, it's not the worst noise in the world. The comments are hilarious to me. One of the top comments on YouTube is Bose is about to be the biggest aftermarket exhaust company. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh so there's so many thoughts on this. First, number one, uh, I think fundamentally it's just playing noise from a speaker, and it sounds to me like it's playing noise from a speaker. Now, uh, that's not what they're gonna call it. They're gonna call it. They have this. What do they call? Uh, they have this fancy word for it, actually. Yeah, I'm I would look it up. I would also be interested to hear this in person because the sound we're hearing is from like a cell phone recording. It's uh, in like a, a crowd, so I guess it's hard to tell exactly what is like potentially peaking and, and like getting messed up from the speaker or what is from the microphone of the, That's the smartphone. Yeah. That is very fair. Um, but they're calling it a. Patent-pending Fratzonic chambered exhaust system. So it will play the sound and amplify it through the exhaust or where the exhaust would be because it's an EV and there is no exhaust. The point is it sounds to me like, okay, you know how Teslas have a little tiny speaker on the outside and you can play whatever sound you want through it? Yeah. Um, your horn is its own thing, but if you want to map your horn to a different sound, it'll use that little speaker on the outside of the car okay. and you hit the horn and it plays like, you know, music or a fart sound or whatever else you think sounds like what you want your horn to sound like. It's not as loud as a horn mm -hmm. because it's a waterproof speaker. And to me, I want to hear this in person because to me, if it's 126 decibels, clearly it's very loud, but it still sounds like a speaker, which is kind of cheesy to me. Anyway, I put it on Twitter. I pulled, I kind of was like, is this what most car people are actually into? And my responses, I would say, are 20%, hell yes, we want this to be loud. This is exactly what I was hoping for. 80%, this is a shame. I hate this. I'm really weirded out by the fact that they put a speaker in this car. Yeah. I, I think the, like, the overall what people are going to think of this is I feel like it almost needs a third option of like, I will never buy an EV and I will hate everything that happens to EVs because I'm a, a purist, and mm -hmm. I wonder if some of the... But I do think overall, um, kind of something you mentioned on Twitter actually was like that this is one of those things we're going to look back at. Oh, uh, yeah. This uh, is my like think piece as I zoomed out further and further yeah. on this thought, which is, okay, we're in 2022 right now, which is like this sort of an interesting, awkward development stage where yeah. you have to convince someone to get an electric car. And sometime in the future, in like 
let's say, 100 years, let's go, like, everything, every car is electric. Everyone's selling yeah. nothing but electric cars. And I think we're going to look back at 2022 as, like, remember when we had to, like, make the electric cars kind of act like gas cars to get people to see the benefits? Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know, feature development to me is more and more taking advantage of the fact that it's an electric car and you have all these things that you can do with it that you couldn't do with a gas car. So things like having a front trunk, things like uh, having regenerative braking, things like being completely silent. And all of these things I think are advantages to being an electric car, but at every level I see versions of reversing that to try to act more like a gas car. Even Tesla's done it. Tesla had a creep mode. Yeah. I don't know if you remember this, where when you take your foot off the, the brake pedal, it would start to roll forward like a gas car. You said they took that away, right? They took that away. But I initially that was so that people who are used to a gas car would get used to the feeling. But that's literally just accelerating the electric motors to feel like a gas car. It's a waste of energy. Yeah, I do... <laughs> I do think like I kind of if you're coming from a gas to an EV, they should have like a slow rollout of maybe you can't enable creep, but creep should be like enabled and slowly bring you into more and more regenerative. So you can, I, I am of, someone who doesn't use it. And when yeah. I have to drive the camera car, the first 10 minutes feels like I'm just slamming on the so brakes. I, all I the time. agree with you and I was going to agree, but I think like a car is such a long-term purchase that you should just get used to it because yeah. there are so many advantages to all these things. Oh, I'm talking like a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's also things, so I'm talking about like the noise here, right? So driving an electric car, many of them have realized that it is a huge advantage to be perfectly silent. But a lot of the sports car and, or muscle car audiences who really like the sound are maybe a little bit jarred at first by having a silent car. It feels like, you know, no soul to it, no character, whatever. So they're for years, they're going to look for electric cars that have noise and this is like them catering to that. There's also fake shifting. Did you hear about the fake shifting in the Dodge? I didn't hear about it in the Dodge, no. So another advantage to an electric car is you have motors that generate torque at all RPMs at very high speeds, and it's almost like this linear acceleration. There's no inefficient shifting to match revs and all this stuff. It just yeah. happens, and you just go. Uh, the Dodge will have simulated feeling of shifts by literally slowing you down to make it feel like you're shifting. Oh. That's hilarious to me because in like 10, 20 years, we're going to look back like, remember when that Dodge did that thing where they tried to slow it down to feel more like a gas car? That was that was really funny. I can't believe they're actually doing that. It's, it's a lot of things that um, I do think we're going to look back and think is really funny, but I also think that are potentially necessary right now in the the changeover to get people from, to switch. Yes, I I am all for any gimmick, especially like I think this fake sound is going to be something that you have on for the first week, week or two, turn it off, and then once in a while turn on for like a friend or like wanting yeah. to do something fun. Um, but most of the time, we'll just be turned off completely. I think it's. Uh, I think these should all be things, and this is just from where I'm coming from, which is I'm very used to EVs already. But I think they should all be off by default, and you can enable them if it lets you get used to it faster, like creep mode, or like Porsche lets you turn on the sound. It's off by default in normal drive modes, mm. but you can turn it on. Um, things like that, like I just there's so many advantages to an EV, like fundamentally and and ergonomically and efficient wise, like you just, why would you throw that away to like feel more like a gas car? But then again, you're right. There's people who are going to just feel totally out of their element in a car that doesn't look anything like their old car. I think the problem is like going back to creep mode, which I think is not exactly what we're talking about, but the transition is like, if you enable full blown regenerative braking on a Tesla and someone's test driving it, and then that 20 minute test drive is just forward, back, forward, back, they might be like, I, I don't know about that, and then go back and buy a different car. And I, yeah. I do think these small things, just to get people in the seat and then, like you said, get used to it. I, I think the ideal thing for creep mode would be starts defaulted on after one month. It says, like, would you like to try regenerative braking? Like, you can save a bunch of energy I'll this way and then do, on. like, 20% or something like that, and then it, like, steps you into it. And so you know like, what the Ionic does? What's that? The Ionic had paddle shifters which was interesting 
doesn't make any sense oh. that paddle shifters and electric yeah, car it's yeah. one gear but the paddle shifters specifically uh shift you between levels of regen when you take your foot off the accelerator mm-hmm. and there's like four levels and then the, the max level was like i pedal i don't know why they name everything but that's like full one pedal driving where you yeah. take it off and you go all the way to zero um but you could have it fully coast like a normal gas car and then you hit the left accelerator the left paddle and you get a little bit of regen and you hit the paddle again you feel it slow down even more that was kind of interesting so you can you can adapt on your own to like go to one pedal driving and get used to that um but that is much more efficient to use regen yeah so oh yeah yeah, yeah. i i do think like to take a step back from this whole thing and and everyone listening if we just it is really cool to think about that we are like in the experience of the transition from gas to electric vehicle like mm-hmm. there have been a lot of big transitions throughout humankind and like I do think this is a pretty big one and it's cool that we get to see all these weird little things that they're doing to to do that transition and to eventually get to there where I do think, like you said, in a hundred years, we're going to look back on this and be like, that was kind of weird. That was kind of dumb. I can't believe people needed that to switch because now we're seeing all the benefits of it, but it does. Yeah. You can't have 60 years of driving a gas car and immediately want to switch to an EV. Like there's just that little, that little ledge you have to jump off of to do it. Um, I did think of one reason mm-hmm. the uh, changing gears and the fake gears on the Charger could yeah. be cool. A lot of people who buy muscle cars do like to drag race, but mm-hmm. a, a reason for drag racing is like there is a skill involved in it. Not So it, it changes it from solely reaction time of flooring it mm-hmm. on, off the start, which is still a skill. Like You could do yeah. that, but then everyone drag racing could just have a like iPad in front of them with a green dot that shows up and whoever hits it first would have been the winner Mm -hmm. um but like if it has you you would have to mandate adding that on the gear shifting and then it would take the actual skill base of gear shifting into something like that and and then it's like for sport essentially yeah where you can like be bad at shifting and go slower Mm -hmm. yeah that but then you leave it off for normal everyday yeah yeah because yeah drag racing is a subset of like the activity you do in your car yeah, no, that's fair. It's just, yeah, it's funny looking back at seeing all of the different things that they're trying. Um, and then all the things that they're trying to, like, make it, because there's also the other end of, well, it's electric, so we got to make it feel electric. So the F-150 Lightning is basically just an F-150. There's it, some small differences. It has a lightning bolt. It has a lightning it. bolt on it. They did feel the need to go headlight bar, taillight bar, which yeah. seems like a trend with electric vehicles now. They're doing that. So there's some aesthetic things that they're doing. But, you know, it even looks like it has a grill. It even looks like, yeah. you know, all the normal stuff, like an engine under the hood, even though it's just a huge front trunk. So there are lots of things that are that are fun to watch as far as, like, making an EV in an age of gas cars. I'm excited to, I'm excited to see this. I'm excited to see who might make the change, who might be interested in the sound, what people might do. But, again, ooh, I'm, it's not for me. It's not my cup of tea. So I'll be oh. interested to see who does, whose it is. I just wanted to throw out there that this is not a normal car company we're talking about. This is Dodge. This is the company whose trim levels include Demon and Hellcat. This is the company who actively disappointed (laughs) their fan base by announcing that they would not make a 700-horsepower minivan. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think as they reinvent themselves in the EV age, I hope they keep being insane. They seem to be leaning still very into that. Yeah. Into just being fair. The Dodge Demon lovers, the Durango Hellcat SRT fans, like they're going to like some of this stuff and that's what they're aiming for. I would very much like to see in the comments if you are excited for this because like there's a group. I I think there is a group and I think that um, if, if there's anything that any company can do to get that group of like, muscle car heads to be interested in EVs, I think that is a worthwhile thing, especially if, like, I can't imagine adding a speaker with a loud noise is that much R&D into it's, it. It's the best that they could probably think of. Like, if you were if you were sitting in Dodge headquarters and you were like, all right, seems like the future is electric. I have, like, a slight accent now. Yeah. Seems <laughs> like the future is electric. But, you know, we make all these amazing gas cars. This is what happens to Bugatti right now. This is exactly what's happening to Bugatti. The future is electric. But we still want to make the best performance cars for our fans. How do we get them to buy our first electric car? And then somebody in the corner is like, 
we put a really big speaker on the back so it sounds like a gas car. And they went, yeah, that's probably, yeah, I think that's going to work. That'll do. Here we go. So, yeah, we'll see. My hot take from Twitter, someone replied that it's it's basically the same thing as skeuomorphism from the early days of, remember when app designs all had, like, leather-bound notebooks uh, and, like, like, stitching and materials? And you were like, you're just trying to convince me it's a notebook, but I know it's not a notebook. There's so many advantages to a digital notebook. Stop giving me a leather-bound bezel. That's stupid. And now here we are. We don't use that anymore. I think that's a really good analogy. So, yeah. I dig it. But there's a lot of people who hate minimalism too, so we'll see. Right. We'll see where that goes. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. We got to do trivia, but then we got to talk about the Apple event. So let's do trivia. All right, let's get into it. So, prior to founding Apple, Steve Jobs worked as a technician for what '70s tech giant? Oh, technician. I don't know any of these. I have, a, I have an, a hunch, but I don't actually know if it's the right hunch, but I guess we'll find out. Yes, we will. So, <laughs> be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, welcome back. I believe by the time you're watching this that we are probably within two to three weeks tops of Apple's September event, typically one of the more highly anticipated events, especially considering the production value, us video nerds, we want to see it, but also the products that come out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've definitely talked in spurts about probably each one of these things, but we're just going to put it all in one place. This is all the stuff that we're expecting and maybe hoping for at this September event. Yeah, it's like the uh, just the guide to get ready for the Apple event in September, yeah. which I think a lot of tech people see as kind of like the the big peak of the craziness. This is the, the spike that starts all of the spikes. Yeah. Uh, asterisk, Apple might do like two or three events to close out this year. It I seems think. like that's what they're doing more often. Yeah, like I don't think we're going to see a Mac Pro anytime at this event. I don't think we're going to see uh, iPad-related stuff at this event. I think it's just going to be a few things. Mm-hmm. Probably, I guess we'll just say it. I think it's going to be iPhone 14 and related things. And if anything else... Apple Watch and AirPods. Yeah, am I missing anything? I think. Uh, yeah, I actually haven't. I so we're going to be talking about a lot of things. Mark Gurman is usually the person that I follow in these senses. So like yep. I've uh, basically written down a lot of things that Mark is predicting. I did not see an AirPods, but you never know with AirPods. They could just be releasing small some new update. features, small updates, stuff like that. Um, I think right now the rumored launch event is September seventh. Right, which would be like about a week and a half from the release of this yeah. episode. All of our, all of my predictions about this stuff, I, I get. This is so funny. It's like evergreen advice. I get people asking me like, "Hey, I just broke my phone. Should I buy the new iPhone now?" And I just tell them like, "Well, typically September the new iPhones come out," and they're like, "Oh, that's really good advice." Because mm. people tend to either forget or not really think about it too hard. Most people don't buy a new iPhone every year, but it's like clockwork. It's always been like September twelfth. 
I yeah. think I've flown on September 11th for like four years in a row because it's the, always the Apple event is either right before or right yeah. after that date. I would have, I was guessing the 14th because it seems to be Wednesday a lot and I think it's been on the 14th or 15th is what I always remember in my head. So I would have guessed the week after, but yeah. it also wouldn't surprise me if it was a week sooner. It could move a whole week. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're, we're going to definitely see some iPhone 14 stuff so we can start with that. I have made, what, two videos during the course of this year about iPhone 14 possibilities. One of them being, what if this phone peaks and it uses the same silicon as last year, the same A15 Bionic? Interesting. And only the pro iPhones get a silicon upgrade. And then the other being um, the pill cutouts, the design being slightly different at the top. Yeah. And then the possibility of getting rid of the ports, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think actually the biggest one, and we have talked about this in the past, is no mini, but having a standard Max. And I actually think that is awesome. Like It is, to me, one of those things where I don't know how I've never thought about that being a thing, because we've always, like, I guess in the past they have had just the regular and the Max, but then once they broke the Pro line, the Pro line always had the Max. Yeah. And it always seemed kind of crazy to, like, have to buy it, uh, spend way more money to buy into this like new camera and a bunch of really niche different things. Just um, to get a bigger screen. Yeah, exactly. But people like bigger screens. We see it in every single smartphone that comes out. Every Big. product that comes out. Yeah. Like TVs, if you can just get the bigger version of the same TV and you don't need a bunch of extra features, most people will do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So facts, I think this new lineup having a 14, a 14 Max, a 14 Pro, and a 14 Pro Max I think that 14 Max is going to be the one that just goes bonkers, that everyone wants to buy. That's going to be the big one this year. Yeah, I see it as being like, um, yeah, sorry, I missed that. (laughs) Thank you for, um, I think this is going to be the lineup that just like generates the most sales because it is like giving you that option. We haven't seen pricing yet, so I really wonder what 14 Max plus 14 Pro how close those will be, or if even potentially around the same price. I can Um, guess. Let me finish this thought and then we'll guess on it. Um, I think like this lineup is going to be the one that potentially sells the most, but that mini beforehand was the one that had like the super loyal dedicated ones. I don't think there's going to be like the crazy, the iPhone 14 Max is like the coolest phone ever and like the loyalness of it, but Apple cares way more about sales than they do about the loyal uh, mini buyers. Yeah, I think... The mini buyers are also, it was a small loyal group. Exactly. So it's it's discontinued because that group, while they are loyal, isn't big enough to justify keeping the mini around. Yeah. So if I was guessing prices, and this is just the way I'm I'm pairing together like the stuff coming from the rumors and what Mark Gurman's saying, and then just what makes sense based on logic, I think the iPhone 14 baseline starts at what the old mini started at. So I guess six ninety nine. So that would be a bump down. It would be a bump down, but it's basically the same phone as the thirteen because it's using the same chip. Mm-hmm. It might have some updated camera we stuff. We think it's using the same chip. We haven't. Uh, the, yeah, this is all what we think. Yeah, we, yeah. we think it's probably using the same silicon, and so people definitely think you know something uh, now uh, that yeah. we made I that ju- flip. We do not. I don't. I don't have any of this <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm going from the information. But yeah, I think. I think they can bump down the price and then it'll go $699, $799, $899. Sorry, $799, $899, $999, $1099. So $799 is iPhone 14, okay. which is where the mini was before. Then $899 is iPhone 14 Max. $999 is iPhone 14 Pro. $1099 is iPhone 14 Pro Max. Pros get 120 hertz ProMotion. They're still going to ship... $800 phones with 60 hertz screens. They're just going to do it again. And no one's going to, no one's going to bad an Exactly. Eye like we are the only, we are the people that are upset with that and yeah. it makes no difference. I will complain about it and I will get heat for complaining about it. And iPhone people will go, nobody cares. And I'll go, I care. And they'll go, well, you're alone. And it's just, it's what fine. Happens. It's our job. We like for a high refresh rate. Yeah. We are allowed to nitpick at things that happen, whether the general public likes it or not. Like mm-hmm. it, that's fine. Most of the people who aren't watching our videos are going to go into a store and try it in their hands, and they're going to see if that feels weird or not. Yeah. Um, but if you, if it is those prices, you which I would kind of bet with you, that's an awesome lineup. If you so, take the regular one and knock it down now, yeah, that's a sick lineup. So the question will be: Will the pros be worth 
getting, and I think the answer will be how badly do you want the extra camera and LiDAR and that whole thing. Maybe there's a whole upgraded camera system just on the pros. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a 50 megapixel sensor or something crazy just on the pros. Pro motion, that 120 hertz display, uh, the new upgraded silicon just being in the pro phones, and then potentially a new design getting rid of the notch and turning it into like uh, the pill cutouts or hole punches instead of the notch. That is one thing I wanted to talk about. I, From what I read, it seems like only the pros are getting the pill cutout. Potentially, yeah. And it's also, it's a pill cutout plus a regular cutout, it seems to be. Right, so it's face ID. And yes. so in order oh. to have face ID okay. work, you need both the webcam and also the IR blaster and reader. It's more than one cutout up there. Yeah. Um, but the cheaper phones, cheaper in air quotes, will still have the notch. They'll okay. be just like the 13. They will okay. be just like the 13. Just there's basically a max. Just version. one with a bigger screen. Yeah. I like, still think it's a good lineup. I it think is. it's interesting. I like the fact that because um, in the past there have been times where I I had a hard time recommending the for the 13 Pro over the 13 because they felt so close together with like a decent 13 price Pro. bump. Yeah, like the two standard size ones. Mm-hmm. It, it felt yeah, you got an extra camera and like ProMotion. Even before you didn't in the 12, you didn't even get ProMotion, right? You just right. got they were almost the same phone. Um, so differentiating that a little bit, I do wonder if that means there could be more of a price bump between the two. You have them starting at about a hundred dollars off of each other from the max to the regular, which I guess yeah. more is like a two hundred jump in terms of comparing direct sizes. Yeah. I just think Apple is is actively looking for ways to separate and distinguish the pro from the non-pro. Where yeah. you're right, like a lot of people looked at the pro and went, I don't really need any of that. Pro motion and an extra camera, like I don't care. Yeah. But if you get like a little bit more, like a new different design, an updated hole punch design and upgraded chip, like faster phone maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. and a better camera and maybe a bigger battery, like suddenly you're adding like, you're like all right, maybe I'll spend more money on the pro because it's a better phone. But the 14 Max is probably going to be a sweet spot. Here's my question. What's the difference between an iPhone 13 and an iPhone 14? If they don't change the cameras, if they don't change the notch, if they don't change the chip, is it just a new color? Are they going to change the shape That at was all? the question I wanted to ask <laughs> is what new be, color are we going to get? We're going to get some we've had two, orange it color. It went green, blue, green, right? Like we've kind of, we had uh, the, the like forest green on the 12. Mm-hmm. Then we had the the like blues on the thirteen. Oh, or no, right. sorry, sorry, sorry. Green on eleven, blue green on, on 11, twelve, blue on twelve, and then another green, a different green like on a thirteen. Military green on thirteen. So I would wonder if we go back to like a blue again. I'm already confusing myself. No warm colors. I kind of like the pro special colors. I like that like light blue Pacific. Yeah. Well, not Pacific. That was the, the dark blue. I forgot the name. But I like the pros colors. Anyway, yeah. What's the difference between those phones? I don't know. I'm not totally sure. Though, it's me. I, I'm trying to think of something, but I can't really think of. I what don't it could think be. Apple has any problem with them being almost the same phone. I just yeah. think it'll be hilarious when they're almost the same exact phone. And <laughs> all those people that you told to wait till September, but will be really mad when they want to get well, the standard iPhone. Well, none of those people have iPhone. a 13. Okay, all those people true. have older phones, Fair. and they're like, I, I just broke my iPhone okay. 10 or whatever. Cool. Um, so that's that's going to be a thing. We'll keep an eye on that. Maybe some new camera stuff. We'll obviously be testing it thoroughly. But we're also keeping our eye out for Apple Watch stuff, Apple Watch Series 8, and yes. allegedly a pro version, like a big battery, big GPS, up-to-the-task, durable. I'm going to start calling pro. them like, because uh, this is very similar to what Samsung just did, where they released the 5 and the 5 Pro. Yep. It feels like they're like, Garmin fying things, um, 100%. like it, it, and I get yeah. and I love it. I think it's such a good idea. Yeah, I wonder how many people because now we're talking about like people like a bigger screen. Will they justify the pro? How many people will actually want to get a big, bulky Garmin competing pro Apple Watch? Um, I think it's going to be a small fraction of Apple Watch buyers. Do you think there's any chance it's circular? Ah, uh, interesting. I think the no. Change. I think no, but like at a certain point, how much bigger can you make that screen before it just feels like you're putting? I don't even know what this. <laughs> it feels like circular has the chance for more. Like because if you kept it the same form factor, but just add the a bezel, the, the circles like a bezel. If you, yeah, it would be a bigger screen. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the Apple Watch on my wrist right now. It can't really get much bigger without starting to look like a computer on your wrist. It already yeah. looks I, yeah. it looks like a computer on the wrist. Ask Mr. O'Leary. We talked to him about this already. <laughs> Mr. But, O'Leary. Kev. Uh, but I do think it could be a different shape. I don't really know. I don't, I don't know what the rumors say either. Rectangle. Well, probably not. I hope not. Vertical rectangle. I'm going to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> uh, I think it could be a circle. And I also think like what oh, Samsung did- because Samsung inset the screen in uh, like the bezel, so it's yeah, like protected yeah. a little bit. I think that would be a good idea for a durable version of this watch. It's it's durable. Don't get me wrong, but I, you go climbing like you you can, I've wrecked my you can Apple ruin Watch. Ruin yeah. an Apple Watch. So I think protecting it probably with some sort of bezel looks best in a circle shape. I do want to see what the protection aspect is because I just saw a rugged titanium case. So are they just gonna like? Give a, I know titanium's already uh, an Apple Watch like yeah. material, but like, is it just going to be some this exact same looking thing? And it's just like the more rugged, just like how we update Gorilla Glass every year or whatever. Or I do feel like it has to have some sort of like more protection. I to think it, it does. Yeah, and I wonder what that's going to look like. I, this, I mean, the Apple Watch is probably while I think it's incredible, it's probably the most boring thing we watch every year at the event. So I'm excited to actually Watch. have something that I'm gonna like is going to be on the screen and I'm going to be surprised by. I feel like I need to turn off all Apple leaks on Twitter yeah. for the next couple of weeks. So I, I also feel like it's going to follow in the Samsung footsteps pretty hard, which is like Samsung made it a little thicker, gave it a like one and a half times battery, which we talked about this like last week, which is like, all right, this is a 1.5 day battery life. Yeah. How, how good does it have to be to get you to want to use it? Two days, mm-hmm. two and a half days. Like we'll see how far they get yeah. with the battery stuff. Um, but you know, GPS sort of Garmin like features, hopefully being, uh, all around more durable. That's what we're looking forward to. But I, I, I do think it'll have to be a different shape. That's what I'm expecting. I yeah. like that. So we'll keep an eye on that. Aside from that, it's like, all right, they make iPads they make Macs. I don't really see that stuff showing up in the September event and taking the iPhone's thunder. I think this is basically the iPhone event mm-hmm. with some iPhone accessories, which is why I say AirPods and Apple watch. Are there any other iPhone accessories that would show up here? I guess not. That's probably it. Stylus? I, I think that's going to be... Stylus? No. Nah, Where'd you pull that forget out? forget I even <laughs> said that. Forget Steve Jobs. That would be a hell of a, a random iPhone thing. <laughs> the one more thing. Well, they do a one more thing sometimes, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to... It's never going to be a stylus. I think... Sure. I'd maybe cut this out if I'm totally wrong. I'll have to Google this after. But I'm pretty sure they would have to put a different screen technology in the iPhone for it to work with the Apple Pencil. Yes. Because doesn't the iPad screen have like the capacitive and reverse capacitive where the the Apple Pencil actually inputs voltage into the screen? And so it won't work with a non-iPad. Right, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they would have to do a lot. And maybe that would be a differentiating feature. But also like who wants a stylus with an iPhone? Uh, Is that a real... I mean, yes, it's, there is a non-zero number of people who are listening to this right now saying, yes, that's what I want. I want a Someone's stylus with the iPhone. salivating right now. I want, an, I want an iPad mini, but just like a little smaller. I, that's so funny. I want an iPad mini with a 120 hertz screen. That's actually what I want. I, for the longest time, have thought an iPad mini with a 120 hertz refresh screen would be the best side display for creatives because you could put one plug in with just like four numbers on iPad it. Pro Mini. Or iPad iPad Mini Pro. That's actually what I want. And I don't think they're gonna make it. No. But yeah, that's uh that's maybe like a January event or some other like later in the year We usually event. see like an October and because uh, isn't October like is iPad, Mac. I thought it was usually an iPad event first and then a Mac event. They started doing iPad in like March, right? Like the iPad Pro. Isn't there? There might be another iPad thing that I'm forgetting. But they, I know they do like another Mac event later in the year. And we yeah, still, yeah, we still I need think to see like M2. We still need to see Mac Pro. M2 probably. Extreme. M2, yeah, Extreme. Apparently that's what it's called. Like the, uh, the Mac Pro. I think we've just been guessing. Well, because we that's what they keep calling it in in the rumors, which is like, oh, we really? have, yeah, we have M1 Ultra, which is like four times the size of M1 or whatever. We're supposed to have an M1 Extreme in the tower, the Mac Pro that completes the Apple Silicon lineup. And it's going to be four times the M1 Ultra. 
I think we need to cut this sick. before Marquez goes on a 40-minute rant about it's wanting the Mac Pro. Sick. It's going to be awesome. I exported some files for Ellis the other day that were like 500 megabyte audio files with three different roles, and there it was like a seven-second export on the Mac Studio. Not that I need it to be twice as fast, but how sick would that but be? But it could and, be. And seven sick. seconds was like the slow one. We yeah. did it before, and we did it yeah. like a second. It's like a second and a half. Which Imagine the seconds absurd. we could be saving. That should be their slogan. I mean, at this point, like... I I don't have any performance problems with the M1 Ultra Max Studio that I'm editing on, but how sick would it be if it was four times as powerful? And I could actually the the stuff that I don't do, which is like full res 8K playback in RAW when I'm changing color stuff, or like every time I have to do a tracking shot of like I need to do a color correction, but only this circular mask over my face for this five minute clip. I need it to track all ten thousand frames, and I just go track and I just walk away. Like, what if that was four times faster? That'd be cool. Stuff like that, exporting, that'd be cool. So anyway, I'm getting off track, but <laughs> we expect some we're good always, stuff. We're always chasing that high. Yeah, we, we, yeah. Get some, we get some good stuff in September, and we're looking forward to that. So definitely stay tuned to the channels for it. We're going to talk about some other phones, but we should take a quick break, which means we should also get one more trivia question. Okay. Oh, I'm muted. Ah. <laughs> Nailed it. it. Cut that out, Andrew. <laughs> or Adam. Wow. Uh, so it's very easy in 2022 to get your cable connectors and protocols mixed up. Think the difference between USB-C and Thunderbolt. Same connector, different beast. The Ethernet protocol is commonly carried through what type of cable? And I'll give you bonus points if you can name the kind of connector on the end of that cable. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at orus.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, welcome back. Quick update. As we went into break, I checked Twitter, and 
It turns out that's exactly when the Apple event invites just went out. I just got one in my inbox, mm -hmm. so confirmed. The event is, in fact, September 7th, one week before the normal expectation. Uh, and it's uh, it's got this, like, starry theme to it. It says, far out. That's that's the theme. Usually we overanalyze the, uh, the invite. It's got a yeah. bunch of stars. My guess would be that means we're going to get some sort of astrophotography camera feature in one of these new iPhones. Or maybe we'll get, like, a whole... James Webb Space Telescope feature inside. All right, we're pushing. Uh, that would be sick. That would be sick. That's the difference between the pro and the regular. Yeah, one. the regular Astro and then James Webb mode. Um, but yeah, so that's happening. Definitely looking forward to that. Okay, let's talk about the the folding stuff. We do have a yes. video. I'm definitely just going to make this video. It's the state of foldables. Yeah, folding, folding, folding phones. Folding. I like folding phones. Fold. State of foldable phones, foldables, yeah, sure. T working title. Uh, but one of the ones I wanted to show you was this guy here, which is by Xiaomi. Yes. Now, before I hand this to you, my explanation is basically all of these folding devices are are, are turning into either a Samsung Fold or a Samsung Flip. Yeah. Like they're all congregating on that basic idea like we have the oppo find n it's like a shorter version of the fold yes we have the fold four which is a ref more refined than ever fold the hinge is great but it still feels like a sort of a compromised form factor because it's still so thick and mm -hmm. if you use it long enough you you get used to that but you you notice it's three times as thick as a normal phone i'm gonna hand this to you this is a xiaomi mix fold 2 it's a fold just like the fold 4 but it is half the thickness of Samsung's fold, and I think it makes a meaningful difference in how normal it feels as a phone. So I can already this, say, like, it as you're thin. handing it to me, yeah, it it just looks like a phone from the back. Like, if you were to take, uh, I'll try and, it's it's thicker. It feels like the thickness of a phone. I'm holding both of these into the camera right now, and if you yeah. were to just look at the back not knowing it's fold, you would think the Samsung looks weird and off, and mm -hmm. the Xiaomi looks correct. It's a wider aspect ratio. It is the normal size of a normal screen on the outside, and you could use it for a while just like a normal phone without ever opening it, and you'd probably be fine. I weirdly love this camera bump. It is not like... Xiaomi's getting pretty good at these. It's weird. It's like really industrial looking, but I think I'm okay with that because we're getting to this point of camera bumps, the more sleek you make them, just kind of the worst. They, they're like, they don't look that great because when you're trying to jam three cameras on the back of a phone, it's never going to look good. So do this industrial kind of like yeah. perfectly extruded across the top a camera bump. And then like, I don't mind the text and the flashes. I think it looks really nice actually. Just to, just to zoom out a little, I think this is the best overall fold style piece of hardware that's been made yet. It's, it doesn't do, the one thing it doesn't do that Samsung's does is this, which is flex mode, which is opening halfway and staying open halfway. Xiaomi does not want to do that at all. <laughs> you open it, it and like, it just snaps open. Once it gets to a certain point, it snaps. Snaps uh, all the way. Uh, they it, doesn't, did that, it doesn't want to stay there. They did that with the flip, right? Samsung did it with the flip. Mm -hmm. um, I. This feels fantastic. Yeah. This might be, if if we're looking at, and we've debated this before, what should a folding phone be? Should it be an iPad that or like a, a tablet that folds down? If your goal is to make a phone, a regular phone, that folds bigger, this is the closest this we is have the best to it one. right now. I, I love the Oppo Find N. Yeah. We have the Mate. I just brought a bunch in here to like compare mm -hmm. the Mate X S2. Yeah. I think that's a weird uh, I don't like the outside screen. This is yeah, this is easily the best feeling one out of all of them. It is thinner than the Fold 4. It is at the same time wider than the Fold 4, so feels right. So like despite it being more like a regular phone, because it's bigger, it still feels smaller, which is awesome. Yeah, it's um, a great dimension. Dude, it feels so nice. The the it's really the hinge is fantastic. It snaps into place really nicely. I'm gonna give you a I couple more. Sorry to interrupt. Couple yeah, more yeah. things. Reasons why I think it's one upping Samsung. Mm -hmm. First of all, the cameras on the back, flagship cameras. Samsung's also pretty close, but they're not doing their ultra cameras in there. So awesome cameras. It's a Snapdragon 8 Plus Gen 1, so is Samsung's. Mm -hmm. That's great. It's also got a one terabyte version with 12 gigs of RAM. It's an 8.1 inch internal display, which is about a half an inch bigger than Samsung's. So you can sort of see the difference in shape. It's wider, 
it is overall bigger. Oh, yeah. And Wait. it feels like you're getting more of a tablet. That is, right? feels like significantly bigger. Yeah. When you hold them next to each other, I think it's Samsung, kind of hard to see on this. But. Samsung is like 7.6 diagonally or something like that. With thinner bezels, they really were just refining in millimeters this year. Xiaomi just went, yeah, it's way bigger. 8.1 inch diagonal, bigger aspect ratio on both screens. So that's one thing. And it's also, despite being thinner, rocking a much larger battery. This year it with would. Samsung, I, I think it's either 4,400 or 4,700. Doesn't matter, both smaller. This is a 5,020 milliamp hour battery. That's awesome. Which is great in a phone so thin. So yeah, it feels like this is this is the apex of the style of normal phone that turns into a tablet. Do you know what it's also doing better? The wedge when it's folded on the Samsung, this does not have that. This is flat. That's it interesting. doesn't have that gap and I neither does the Oppo Find N. I'm showing this to you. I don't think you'd be able to see it on camera, but just like when it folds, it folds flat. With I remember I in the Find N video like closed a piece of paper in it. Yeah, I don't know how Samsung hasn't done that yet. If it feels like these are something these phones are getting the step up on Samsung on because I do ultimately think whether this makes a huge difference or not that like this always runs the issue of more stuff getting inside a screen yeah. and then closing it on it, which I think it, scares it's interesting. Me. It might be a choice to specifically not have the screens touch where Xiaomi is okay with yes. them touching. Because now if you get dust in between there and close it, now you're definitely damaging the screen. Where Samsung's, if you have that little wedge and you close it and there's some dust in there, it actually doesn't shove dust into the screen, maybe? Yeah, that could be it. Possibly. Possibly. I, I do think one gripe on this phone, the edges are very rounded, um, which means like you can feel that there's two two yeah. parts to it very easily. I think if these were flattened out and kept the same thickness, you know, maybe it would feel like the phone's a little thicker, but it's still much thinner than the Fold 4, and I think it would eliminate that, like, that gap that Feeling you would like feel. Um, it's yeah. not a gap, it's just like a ravine almost, and I, yeah. I don't love that. This, I think I can easily say, just holding it hardware-wise, like you said, this is the best folding phone that I felt right now. Yeah. This is like outfold. Oh my goodness. No, yeah. both ways. And and folded oh, you in. Think just better like, than the flip stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. Because like flips now, I think Samsung has the best flip. The flip three, because you okay. have like Razor, you have uh Fair. P50 Pocket, you have a bunch of other flip style phones. They're all converging on just like following the Samsung footsteps there. Okay. But I think this is leading the way. I agree. I say. yeah. The like uh yeah, the big fold, the tablet fold type of thing. This is the best one. I would even argue to say I would rather use this than a than a, a Z Flip. I immediately agreed, and then I tried using it, and the software is a nightmare. So I'm well, sad. yeah, that's hard to. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's not totally In fair. The US, I, I wish this, there was like a US based version of this that was running everything. I um, would immediately use that. Yeah. Okay. ASMR fold shut challenge. That's the fold Samsung. It's a little beefier, a little thicker sound. Samsung again. Now oh, you is, want me to do Yeah, this? one more, one we, more Xiaomi. Can we do them both into Marquez's mic? Get yeah, a, yeah, Get yeah, some yeah. real That's scientific it. continuity here. Yeah, so this is now Xiaomi. Just, just a little bit thicker sound. One more from Samsung. Those are very similar sounding. They're similar. Xiaomi again. Just feels different in the hand. Doesn't do the sound that different, end. but it feels different. Here's Oppo Find N, the smaller one. Well, that's the best can, sound. I, it's like muffled more. I kind of yeah. dig that. One more, one more for the Find N, just for the sound. That's the best sound. This is high quality content right here. Yeah, and just for I don't measure, know if that will actually do anything because it like snaps. It's into a special place. sound. Here's the Huawei Mate XS2. <laughs> <laughs> one more time. Still sounds better than the Surface Duo. Yeah, uh, there you have no, it. actually, Surface Duo is no, no. The Surface Duo sounds good. I'm great hinge, yeah. great hinge, great hinge. That's probably that might be the best sounding foldable. Yeah, if that's what you're going for. Exactly. All right. Well, that's probably where we'll end it. I was gonna go like one more thing and just mention that the story of like the nothing phone not supporting Android 13 immediately and getting a tweet from Carl saying like, "What is 13 anyway? What What does the number on paper number. really mean to you?" Uh, is just too funny for me. I just it's can't fantastic. put into words how poetic that is. I think officially it said first half of 2023. Yeah. That'll come out on June 20th. That's so funny because like they promise a certain number of updates, but they didn't promise how fast they would do it. Fair. So 
I guess that's still fine. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Let's do the trivia answers, and then we'll be done. Trivia answers. All right, two beautiful questions on this beautiful, I guess I can't say what day it is. Do people know it? what day yeah, we Yeah, we record, record on Wednesdays yeah, if anyone's wondering. Invites are out on I Wednesday. think we have to explain right, it on yeah. Twitter every once in a while because people will say like, you missed this and this. It's like, well, yeah. we recorded the day before that. Yeah. Um, beautiful Wednesday morning. All right, so question number one. Prior to founding Apple, Steve Jobs worked as a technician at what 70s tech giant? And right now you guys are tied. Five to five. Okay. I have an answer that I you won't do. change. I mean, okay. it's a total guess, and I feel like it's just attempting to guess I one of the larger do. companies. I'm just going to write mine down in case it's the same guess. What's your guess? Uh, I mean, we're writing them down on the same sheet. So, well, we have different ones. Okay, okay there we so go. So yours is what? IBM. I said HP, and I don't think I'm right. <laughs> the both? answer was Atari. Whoa. Atari. That's yeah. a giant. That was That's a giant. That's kind of awesome. And that's really cool because Macs are so well known for gaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely not HP. I'm sure those are mortal enemies at the time. Like Gateway. <laughs> was Gateway that old? Do you remember Gateway? Yeah. Well, uh, I had a Gateway. I did a, you? Didn't they combine? Or wasn't it like Dell Gate? No. What was the. They probably merged with someone. What was it? It was Gateway. He would. Don't think too hard. This could be a trivia question. It could be. Yeah. I just really like. I, d- I had a. I, I had some connection to Gateway. I just remember their logo was like a square that looked like a cow, and I always thought that was hilarious and Is, not a very good way at showing off a computer. Do you remember the sound of a Gateway booting up? No. Let's that, look it up. That was an iconic sound. That's what he said, cow, because when you said Gateway, it was like, were they the Dalmatian? Computer? Oh, Dalmatian. That's but funny. But was it a cow? I mean, I don't know what it exactly was. Looking at it, I still vote cow. It feels like the spots are bigger than what a Dalmatian would No, be. that's cow. Yeah, yeah, definitive cow. Oh, the gateway square. Yeah, it's a cow. This is a gateway MT6460. <laughs> Push the power button. Now keep pumping F2. F2. Keep pumping it. Keep pumping it. Is he going to get a boot up sound? Yeah, if he's, he's trying to the BIOS. Yeah, but are you going to get a boot up sound? I got a password to get in mine. Oh, man. Okay, this is the this is the setup. This Family guy walked so there. you could run. It's just gonna put it's gonna restore all the factory settings for the for the setup. Okay, like and subscribe. Leave leave comments. <laughs> I got a few more videos coming. I'm trying to wait till I get to the Wi-Fi so I can get upload. I love that this is how long a computer used to take to boot. <laughs> oh, so good. Did the sound ever happen? No, yeah, what the, the sound? Why uh, we look at this? I just want to say, can we bring back? I guess nothing's kind of doing it right now, but can we bring back Serifed fonts in tech. I don't understand why every font mm. for a tech company looks like vitamin water. They got to all simplify everything. Simple. But why? Sans everything. Sans serif? Sans though? detail, sans serif, sans edges, sans character. <laughs> well, we both got that one wrong. Okay, I can't find the gateway. The uh, boot up sound will... Figure that I'll out. I'll find later. it. I'll cut to a picture of me with my thumbs up, and I'll just <laughs> we'll play it. Perfect. Wait, there literally was a gateway cow. Yeah. Oh, this is. Oh, there were com- there were definitely commercials with. Were there not commercials with the cow? Wait, this is like a, a Windows 11 gateway. I don't know why that's a thing, but I definitely remember. Well, I don't definitely remember, but I kind of. <laughs> oh my god, the box remember. looked like it. Yeah, there was what? a whole commercial with what like cows. What what's up with this calf? This like computer yeah. chart. Is that supposed to be Intel? Is Intel has Intel ever oh, used they, a calf before? They had a plushie. I want one of these plushies. <laughs> That's awesome. This yeah, is... they had a gateway PC commercial with an actual cow. Oh yeah, with a real cow. Yeah. It's a real thing. Wow. It's a real memory I have. Incredible. <laughs> Tech All right. was weird, kids. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, anyway, okay. Question number two. Uh very easy to get your connectors and protocols mixed up. True. So, Ethernet protocol is commonly carried through what type of cable? Andrew! I'm, like, trying to think of... Oh, man. Uh... Oh, and uh, and bonus points if you know the name of the connector. You're, like... 
Uh, is this like the type of wiring that's inside it, or are we just talking about like a cat I was cable? Say cat cable, yeah. And but like, are we trying to figure out the? What? No, you oh, know, that's okay, it. That's cool. It. Yeah. Cat cable. So is, there, there's is it cat, an acronym? Uh, it's short for category. Um, okay. And there's I, there's cat five, six, seven, and I think eight is pretty new, and it's one of the only things that are all backwards compatible with one another. Is the port? Oh, because the port's the same. Really ridiculous. Is uh, it like yeah, IEE ninety four or something it's, crazy? It's, RJ45. Oh, I have heard that. Yeah. Mm, but it's important but, to say that cats six through eight all use an RJ45 connector, which is what allows them to be backwards compatible. My right. old tech director would slap me if I didn't, knowing that I didn't mm. get that right. He he taught me how to do all that at one point in my life, and it's confusing. It's really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, wasn't all that right. fun? Shout we did. We got a point. Yeah, we got a point. I'll we got a point on Ellis Question Week. I think that's a win. Good job. That's Proud a win all around. I know everybody listening thinks they were going to get both questions right, but there's no way you got them both right. Anyway, tweet at us if you did. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching this week. We'll catch you guys soon. And without any further ado, take care. Peace. <laughs> Threw me on that one. <laughs> Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Rovin. We are partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro outro music was created by Vane Sill. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.